Good afternoon. Hope you're having a nice day. This is Donovan Menard, and today we're going to talk about what I'm going to refer to as historical amnesia. What I mean by that is the way that liberals and conservatives and, you know, the general establishment have kind of defanged and whitewashed, you know, uh, significant influential historical figures in American history, you know, figures who have expressed, you know, communist, socialist, anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist views, uh, but have sort of had those views suppressed by the historical uh, retelling of their lives and their legacy. We're going to talk about uh, three main people, although there, there are many examples of this. As I was inspired uh, to do a podcast on this topic by a video by the YouTube channel Second Thought, which I highly recommend. They have some very interesting uh, you know, left-wing political videos. Uh, you'll learn some wacky stuff, um, so go check them out. Let's start out by talking about Albert Einstein. We all know Albert. He's a real big deal. He was born in Germany. Um, and I know I said I'm talking about American uh, historical figures, but uh, Einstein did uh, move to America and ended up settling there uh, due to his Jewish background because of the rise of Hitler in Germany. Um, he was considered one of the greatest physicists of all time. And, you know, one big part of his legacy is that the the, the name Einstein has sort of just become basically synonymous with genius. I mean, if, if you know anything about Albert Einstein, it's that he knows what he's talking about. He's a pretty smart fella. Um, so, obviously, his work in physics has been very widely circulated, uh, but what a lot of people don't know about or hear about is, um, some of his, you know, political stances, and one of them is, uh, his support of socialism, which I think is pretty cool. In, uh, 1949, he wrote an essay called Why Socialism, and he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a bit of a bit of a long quote here, but it's a it's a fun one. He says, "I'm convinced there is only one way to eliminate these grave evils, namely through the establishment of a socialist economy, accompanied by an educational system which would be oriented toward social goals. In such an economy, the means of production would uh, be owned by society itself." and are utilized in a planned fashion, a planned economy which adjusts production to the needs of the community, would distribute the work to be done among all those able to work, and would guarantee a livelihood to every man, woman, and child, the education of the individual, in addition to promoting his own innate abilities, would attempt to develop in him a sense of responsibility for his fellow men in place of the glorification of power and success in our present society. I gotta say, it's a, it's a pretty good quote from our, our, our friend Albert over there. I mean, he really, this fella gets it. And, uh, 
because of his views, he actually was uh, watched by the FBI. They kept tabs on him. That's a trend you'll notice among uh, socialist figures in America. Uh, Einstein also strongly opposed Joe McCarthy, who was famous uh, for, you know, being one of the the leaders of what we call the Red Scare, um, you know, and a lot of fear-mongering around communism and you know, communist spies in America. This is, uh, you know, in the, the 1950s. Um, so, yeah, Albert was, you know, pretty outspoken about socialism at a time when the, the Cold War was ramping up and uh, a lot of anti-communist propaganda was being circulated in, in America. So what's interesting to think about is if Albert Einstein's, you know, memory in American culture is that he's a genius, or rather that he is the genius, you know, the personification of genius, then maybe we should take his word on the whole socialism thing, right? I mean, I think we should listen to him. Maybe try that out. I mean, no, capitalism, I don't doesn't seem like it's really uh, working out that well. I mean, just look around, all right? So, yeah, Albert Einstein. So, uh, it's February, you know. Last month we had Martin Luther King Day, and this month is Black History Month. So, there's been a lot of talk about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and he is definitely one of the most influential figures in the 20th century of American history. Um, and what he is mainly remembered for is, of course, the civil rights movement, um, you know, fighting for voting rights uh, for African Americans and against police brutality and Jim Crow discrimination. Um, but what has been largely forgotten and is often not taught about Martin Luther King Jr. is that after uh, the success of his civil rights movement, he uh, geared himself towards a lot of anti-war rhetoric, anti-imperialism, and also uh, he really wanted to fight poverty. And that involved him speaking out against capitalism quite a bit. Uh, so here's a couple quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. here. Uh, one day, we must ask the question, why are there 40 million poor people in America? And when you begin to ask that question, you're raising questions about the economic system, about a broader distribution of wealth. When you ask that question, you begin to question the capitalistic economy. And I'm saying that more and more, we've got to begin to ask questions about the whole society. Here's another good one. We must recognize that we can't solve our problem now until there is a radical redistribution of economic and political power. This means a revolution of values and other things. We must now see that the evils of racism, economic exploitation, and militarism are all tied together. You can't really get rid of one without getting rid of the others. The whole structure of American life must be changed. America is a hypocritical nation, and we must put our own house in order. I think one of the really important ideas Martin Luther King Jr. 
uh, captures there is that racism and capitalism are very often intertwined. And, you know, the, the unequal distribution of wealth is very often uh, used against the black population, used to keep the oppressed people oppressed and the rich and powerful people, you know, it helps them continue to remain rich and powerful or get more rich and powerful. These days, a lot of Democrats and neoliberal politicians and, you know, even conservatives will claim that they're devoted to fighting racism, but they'll also sort of deny any links between racism and capitalism. You know, they, they won't recognize that capitalism is a big part of the problem. Uh, and the truth is, if you really want to fight racism, you, you got to recognize capitalism's role. And I think uh, Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. would want you to remember that. And I think it's kind of, you know, not a great way of remembering his legacy when people intentionally leave out, you know, big uh, parts of what Martin Luther King Jr. preached, especially in his later years leading up to his assassination. In fact, here's a quote that came two weeks before his assassination. If America does not use her vast resources of wealth to end poverty and make it possible for all of God's children to have the basic necessities of life, she too will go to hell. Um, you may also know that the FBI kept a lot of tabs on Martin Luther King Jr. because, you know, these, uh, these positions he was taking were becoming a possible threat to the establishment. And speaking of threats to the establishment, let's talk a little bit about Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton is a, a little different from the previous two figures because I don't necessarily think he's really been whitewashed uh, historically uh, because he was like a very, very staunchly revolutionary person. You really can't like separate that from him, you know, from his legacy, uh, but, you know, what I think people have done is they've tried to obscure, you know, his, his role, and the tragedy of his murder by the FBI, which I highly recommend looking into, I'll give you a brief description of it, but, uh, Fred Hampton, he was, you know, a Marxist, and, uh, leader of the Black Panther Party, uh, Fred Hampton, formed the Rainbow Coalition, where he united members of the Black Panthers, uh, you know, a black group, the Young Patriots Organization, a mostly white group, and the Young Lords, a Puerto Rican and Latino group. And these were all uh, left-wing groups, uh, very anti-establishment. And Fred Hampton was really good at uniting different groups of people under a common goal, which is why, you guessed it, the FBI kept a lot of tabs on him. Um, yeah, he, he advocated that people arm themselves, and he united the working class in opposition to the police state, and uh, he ended up getting murdered by the FBI, uh, and they tried to cover it up, but this is, a, this is a thing that happened. And when I found out about this, this was only like this year. I was pretty annoyed that 
it was never taught in school, you know, as part of the civil rights curriculum. Uh, it's almost like he's sort of, his legacy has been erased. Um, but I'm going to talk about a way that, uh, <laughs> that Cory Booker has sort of tried to paint himself as revolutionary by quoting Fred Hampton, but also defanging him. Uh, so Cory Booker tweeted a Fred Hampton quote that says, we've got to face the fact that some people say you fight fire best with fire, but we say you put fire out best with water. We say you don't fight racism with racism. We're going to fight racism with solidarity. And then he uh, ends the quote there. He says, Fred Hampton, hashtag Black History Month. But the wacky thing is, he left out what comes next, the very next line of the quote, which is, we say we're not going to fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we're going to fight it with socialism. So Corey's kind of, it seems like he's trying to, you know, ride off the coattails of a Fred Hampton's revolutionary legacy without actually promoting what Fred Hampton believed in. I think that's pretty disrespectful. Um, but uh, people might know about Fred Hampton quite a bit more because there's actually a movie coming out about him. It's called Judas and the Black Messiah. I have not seen it, so I can't say whether or not it's good, but I mean, it, it looks looks pretty interesting and i mean i would i would recommend checking it out however this is this next short fred hampton quote is pretty relevant he says if you ever think about me you ain't gonna do no revolutionary act forget about me i don't want myself on your mind if you're not going to work for the people so if you do see this movie you don't want to be like, well, there we go. I did uh, did my homework on Fred Hampton. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. I mean, if you really, you know, respect Fred Hampton, you should devote yourself to fighting for the people and against the establishment. And honestly, I don't know. I feel like I haven't done enough. I got to think about more ways to get involved with that. Um but I definitely recommend looking into Fred Hampton. I mean, Fred Hampton was 21 years old when he was murdered. And the fact that, that he was so young and he started to make so much change is incredibly impressive. I mean, you know he had to have a lot of potential and he was a big threat to capitalism if the FBI murdered him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So those are just uh, a few examples of some influential left-wing figures of American history whose legacies have been distorted. And all of these people were spied on by the FBI, and one of them was killed by the FBI. So I want you to remember that the FBI is not our friend. They're not here to, they're not here to help. The only people they're helping are the people at the top. And they will do pretty bad things to the people at the bottom if it will help the people at the top. The same goes for the CIA, of course. Uh, I mean, I, they're probably even worse than the FBI. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's about it for today.
I hope you've learned a thing or two about these uh, figures, and I hope you keep their messages in the back of your mind, and uh, don't allow figures of the establishment to use, you know, the legacies of these people to advance their causes. You should only use their legacies to advance a really revolutionary cause. And uh, that's all for today, folks. Have a wonderful afternoon, evening, whenever, I don't know, you know, just insert whatever applies to you.